1: Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to the Writer
2: Than You podcast. All right, good morning. Welcome into the show. Happy Thursday. Bill Ryder with you. Thank you, as always, for listening to the show. We are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Whether you want to buy a home or refinance your current home, Rocket can. Mr. DeCelestino is off today. That means Pat Boyle, talented producer, radio host, is hanging out with us in a very green sweater. He's channeling his his DeCel style. I respect it. I love it. And we're going to hear from Pat a little bit later in the show. Mr. Andrew Bogish, as always, Bogie, here on the program, doing headlines, hanging out with us in about 15 Or 20 minutes. In fact, I've got a... um, I don't know if it's a moral dilemma. But I've got an opportunity to go to the Rams game tonight. And I don't really want to go. A buddy of mine is in town. He wants to go. And I feel a strange pull to go watch Baker Mayfield get humiliated in person and I'm worried what that says about me as a person. It feels like when you slow down on the highway and there's a bad accident and you're not really sure what you're supposed to do, do you stop and stare? It feels kind of like that. So I'll have the guys give me some advice cuz my buddy's only been to LA one time for 30 seconds for a Rose Bowl and he really wants to go to the to this to this to this game tonight. Raiders Rams not a great game in the sense of who kind of cares in terms of the the greater picture unless you're on this Raiders bandwagon optimism train, which you shouldn't be. But there is something sort of tantalizing about watching Baker Mayfield. On the other hand, there's a lot of cool things to do if you've never really been to L.A. And seeing Baker Mayfield play like a 14-year-old high school quarterback may not be one of them. So that's coming up. That'll be fun. Uh, We got some NFL bets. And I, look, I'm not going to lie to you. Last year, and if you followed the bets, you you did too. I crushed my bets on the NFL side. I'm doing well this year, in sucker, I'm making some money there. NBA is going well. I am not doing well on the NFL side, so I'm just gonna this is desperation. I mean, I'm desperate enough to have asked Cell for advice, and he doesn't gamble. I don't even know if Pat gambles. He looks like a guy he gamble who gambles. He just did a thick New York accent like a bookie. I'm literally just gonna turn over. I'm gonna tell you, Pat, about $600. Of my money to Mr. Patrick Boyle in about 30 minutes. We do NFL bats. and we'll just see what happens. Uh, Jared Greenberg, my good buddy, NBA on TNT, is going to join us in an hour. We'll do buy or sell, and we'll get into one of the, the worst ways we've ever seen anybody lose an NBA game in recent memory. The Warriors debacle last night. Again, not hugely significant in the scheme of things. I just found it really amusing with all their stars sitting down the way they gave a game away against Utah. Again, phone number. You want to call us? Say hi to Pat. See what's up. 855-2124CBS. Twitter Sports, Rider Sports, R-E-I-T-E-R. But let's we don't usually do this at the start of the show. And the name still makes me feel a little weird. But let's get into basketball.
1: Bill Ryder has the NBA takes you need to hear. This is best. Kit
0: Bill.
2: Last night's showdown between the Celtics and the Suns was billed incorrectly as a matchup between the best team in the Eastern Conference and the best team in the Western Conference that would showcase both of these teams' excellence and be a barn burner on national television. Chris Paul was back. The Suns were healthy. The Celtics have been statistically Record-wise, the eye test, by far, the best team in the NBA this year. And what you got was an exercise in, in humiliation and dominance as Boston beat down the Suns. Normally 125-98 to 98 victory. By the way, the game was in Phoenix. Usually that doesn't quite tell the tale. A lot of times a team will get up 15, 16, 17, 18 points. It's the end of the game. There's a run that doesn't matter This score, if I may use a soccer term, actually flatters Phoenix. Down by 40-plus points at one point in that game. The Celtics are everything that's been advertised. And and their level of excellence and and dominance so far is not a fluke. We're going to get into what has made this team so incredible. What almost certainly guarantees they're going to be better. That this is not an early season blip. And how you go about beating these guys. And let's start with Emey Odoka and just get the elephant in the room out of the way. And having talked to, I don't know, seven or eight NBA GMs in the last four or five days about a bunch of stuff, one of the things that inevitably comes up is this Boston Celtics team. And what everybody that I've spoken with agrees on and what they marvel at is the way in which this Celtics team is just a better basketball team than the team last year when Emey Odoka was coaching. Joe Mazzula steps in. He's 36 years old. Everyone around the association expected and projected this guy to be a remarkably successful head coach someday, two years, four years, six years down the road. And what he has done is implement an offensive approach for Boston that is literally historically great. It's one of the best offenses we've seen in a really long time. Tatum, we knew, was a superstar. Those of you that doubted what Jalen Brown could be are starting to get a course correction in his excellence. Last night, Brown goes for 38, Tatum goes for 33. There's all this depth. I think really under the radar is the addition of Malcolm Brogdon, one of the few guys in the history of the NBA to join that 50-40-90 club, a single season where he shot better than 50% from the field, 40% from three, 90% from the free throw line. Most of the guys that have done that, Steph Curry, Larry Burb, Steve Nash, Kevin Durant, are future or current first ballot absolute Hall of Famers. But remember, Robert Williams, who is by far their best defender, all NBA defensive player is injured, is out. This team is going to get better. And one of the things that Missoula talked about, and by the way, they also started slowly, at least in the sense of, of their defensive effort. If you look up their stats, they're the best offense in the NBA. They're middle of the pack, or not quite that defensively. But over the last three weeks, they have been a dominant defensive unit. And part of what their new, young, babyface, gum-chewing, younger than I am, almost as old, well, Pat's a little young. But between Pat and I, this guy's too young to be a head coach head coach, is the message, and he said it after the game last night, after the dominance and the beatdown. Can I just be honest? Can I be petty? Guys like beating Chris Paul. He's not the most popular guy on the face of the earth. I like watching Chris Paul get beat down. When you beat a team that made the NBA Finals recently, when you beat a team with that kind of talent, when you beat a team, and the Suns are this, are a legit-ish contender, it's easy to start to really believe in your own headlines and your own excellence. And the young head coach said, not so fast, We got to make sure we don't start to think we're the most important thing on the face of the earth in the NBA.
3: You know, there's a season for everything. Um, You know, it's not always going to be like this. Uh, It's a lot of games left that might happen to us one night, and um, it might not. But I think it's just understanding what we're doing well right now uh, and where we can get better.
2: These guys are 21 and 5. They're absolutely legit. And again, if you missed the game, if you didn't see it, it was an utter act of, of domination and offensive firepower from the Celtics. I was lucky enough to bet on Boston. Most bets are sweats. This was, and usually when you put your feet up, and you're like, oh my God, the money is mine, it's in the bank, something goes badly. These guys were a force, and we don't usually play Eclipse highlights on the show, but here is a, a quick just glimpse, I think in the third quarter, into this Celtics team when they had run up almost, at this point, a 40 point lead over a very good Suns team. Tatum steps to his left, his three, right down the middle. Timeout, Monty Williams, but to say what? Crank the bus
3: up, man, that's what you say. 7.41 to go in the third quarter of a nationally televised beatdown.
2: Crank the bus up, baby. Five losses, three teams. And here's the recipe for how you beat them. And I'll give you a list of those teams that, that can do that. The formula for beating the Boston Celtics this year, and again, I understand it's the NBA. I understand we're a quarter of the way through the season, a little bit more than that. I understand it's early days. I, I absolutely got it. This Boston team is the team to beat. This Boston team, like last year's Warriors team they got off to a, a heroic start, is showcasing what they can do. And the way you beat them is to be one of the best teams defensively in the NBA. Chicago Bulls, surprisingly, have beat Boston twice this year. Two of the five losses for this Celtics team have come at the hands of Chicago. Chicago's not a great basketball team, three or four games under 500, very mediocre. In that mix of the bottom of it, of all those teams that are clustered in that 4-12 to spot in the Eastern Conference. But what the Bulls do well is play defense, their eighth in defensive rating. They have incredible, incredible defensive focus. And what they lack in offense, they can do in defense. And that's how you go at the Celtics. Your best bet when we get to the postseason, or just to try to knock them off their stride a little bit, is to be excellent defensively. 107 points, 102 points are what Chicago held Boston to respectively in each of those two wins for the Bulls against the Celtics. Last year's Warriors team, and this is always true of Golden State teams that win NBA championships and make deep runs. We focus on Golden State's offense. We focus, when there were Splash Brothers, Clay is not that guy anymore, on those two dudes and that narrative. We focus on the three-point shooting, which makes sense. It's historic, and it's shaped and recalibrated how the NBA operates. But the, the Warriors have never won an NBA championship when they haven't been a top-three defense. Last year's Warriors team were the best team in the NBA defensively. That's how they beat the Celtics in the finals. This year's Bucks team, Milwaukee, is the best defensive team in the NBA. They are. Number one defensive rating. Their offense has been so-so. Chris Middleton is back from injury. Milwaukee's a team you keep an eye on that can beat this Celtics team. And I'm going to throw you another team on the in the Eastern Conference that I think is good enough to win an NBA championship. Not a favorite. Wouldn't be favored in any of the series against Milwaukee or Boston. And I've even had a collection of those GMs I talked to split on the Cleveland Cavaliers few of them think that they're really good. Most, I think pettiness pettiness and jelliness, jealousy. Jealousy. Jelliness is not a word, unless you're talking about peanut butter jelly sandwiches. Most, I think, are just in awe of and jealous of what the Cavs have put together. Maybe I'm wrong and they're right. That Celtics, or excuse me, that Cavs team, second or third, depending on the night, defensive rating. Having Donovan Mitchell now, a guy that can go out and get his own points and counter some of that offensive firepower from the Celtics. That Cleveland team is good enough to beat them. So if you're looking at teams that can match the Celtics, it's Milwaukee, who are probably 1B in the Eastern Conference behind the Celtics. That Cleveland team, who are great defensively, don't sleep on the New Orleans Pelicans. As crazy as this is to say, they are now the number one team in the Western Conference, but more importantly... They're fourth in defensive rating. If it's an if, it's a big if. If Zion can stay healthy, be healthy, and be an actual leader in that locker room, they're a legitimate force. I mean, C.J. McCollum's the real guy and the real reason. Ever since he came from the trade deadline last year, that team, with or without Zion, went from a sub-500 team to a better-than-500 team. But the Pelicans are a team that are good enough. The Warriors are still capable of winning an NBA championship. And if I had to take anybody in the West, despite the debacle that has been their road play, and really, really just a lot of their season... The Warriors are the best team for my money in terms of your money if you're making a bet to come out of the West. Remember, last year's Celtics teams, under Adoka, that group, were marginal, were at times sub-500, sub were very basic until January. And then Boston last year figured it out, made that run, made it to the finals. Warriors can do the same thing. Don't sleep on the Clippers if Kawhi Leonard's going to be healthy, and as much as I don't believe it and don't want to say it out loud, maybe, maybe, maybe the Lakers, if Anthony Davis can continue to be Anthony Davis, can be a threat. This Boston team, if you're not paying attention to the NBA, is worth watching. They put up massive points. They're a ton of fun. They work their asses off. They play team basketball. They are the epitome of what you get when you subtract, I know it's a few years removed now, Kyrie Irving from a team, and you supplement actually with guys like Brogdon and Robert Williams, who's hurt, who are team players and know their roles. Tatum's a star. Brown's a star. Tons of depth, tons of experience a great head coach, a front office that knows what they need, do not sleep on the Boston Celtics. And if you want to beat them the rest of the NBA and you're looking at trade deadline moves, it's defense, defense, defense that's going to be the key.
1: And that was Bass Kid Bill. I don't know.
2: Like uh, Pat Boyle filling in for, uh, for for Mr. DeCelestino today. Pat, I've got, let's see, the show's called Rider Than You. I didn't come up with that. That was. I won't even say who it was on the air. I've got um bet writer. We got basketball. Are you how do you feel? You're an impartial audience here, jury. How do you feel about, about the pun names? We need more or less.
3: I would say I don't think you need less. I think okay. you could use more. I more, like the okay. I mean the, 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 the basis of your last name being centered around the show, I think is fantastic. All the writer than you stuff, you know, bet writer I think is fantastic, is great. Okay. The basket bill, I think we maybe could workshop that. So I'm
2: not, not to like walk into this. Spike Eskin, who's the big you know Puba boss here, and very very smart radio guy here at the at, at the state, at the network and at WFAN, it was his idea to come up with a segment, and I threw a bunch of ideas, and just because I thought it was funny, I'm like, hey, basket bill, obviously we won't do that, and he's like, no, that that that's the name, and then my wife was like, that's the name, and then D Cell's wife, who sounds delightful. I think it sounds like she's pretty with Tom. This is what you're doing," said. "This
3: is what you're doing."
2: So I, I kind of got the boss wife triumvirate. I'm with it.
3: Yeah, so weird. Everybody's on board with Basket Bill. I mean, not everybody,
2: not the host of the show necessarily. (laughs) I, I I got one for you. I gotta get the imaging because you don't fill in all the time. But I, I like boiled over where you just go crazy on some topic. You have to be really enraged, like very. You have to go full Hulk if you're into that.
3: Yeah, no, I like that one. That's a good one. I've 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 heard that before.
2: Yeah, it's not it's not new. It's not no. New.
3: no, no. But I mean, it's I mean, it's you, you know, you're like the third person to say it, so it's a go to I feel like I'm missing out on not, having not done that in some media. I,
2: I feel like I, you know, let's have Diesel hates doing extra. What's the word I'm looking for? Work. Let's um. I'll have him put it together with Dougie. I, I I think it'd be a lot of fun. Pat boiled over, but you know what? We can workshop it for the next hour and forty five minutes. You think about other things that are puns with your names. Okay, just. Keep it in the back of your brain. You got it. Pat down probably doesn't work. It sounds like you're getting arrested. <laughs> i got to figure something else out if it's not the pat down. rolled over. a pat down. Uh, if you want to call us, if you want to call Pat, get on the air, 855-2124-CBS, Twitter Sports, Writer Sports, R-E-I-T-E-R. Padres make a bold move and a Baker-Mayfield dilemma. Both those things coming up next year on CBS Sports Radio.
1: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. You're listening to "Writer Than You."
2: I really want to do "Writer Than You" the musical. I'm not joking. I want to do an entire show where you have to sing the entire thing
1: on CBS Sports Radio.
2: Pat, are you playing that rejoin because that's your way? You can just ask me. You want you you're a singer. You have a you have a voice like an angel, and you just want to get in there for that.
3: I have been called the songbird songbird of my generation.
2: Have you? Oh, sold. I'm not kidding about doing that, and we'll 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 rope you in. I, I've actually been trying to find people. Like I'm gonna have Tiki on as a guest just because he's he's done Broadway. He he can sing. Tiki can sing. Tiki Barber. Yeah. yeah, he can sing, dude. Really? I'm not sure what there is that Tiki doesn't do well. Honestly.
3: Yeah, I mean, dresses well. Played football really well.
2: Yep. But, uh, he has. He's an entrepreneur. He's got a business that hires hosts to interview famous athletes, and people pay memberships. I know that because I've done that before on the. Hosting end, impressive guy. Oh, by the way, a little breaking news. I'm sure Mr. Bogish will—I'm not sure if I'm sure, but may tell us about it. But uh, Brittany Griner has been released in a prisoner swap with the Russian authorities. A-, a Russian arms dealer goes the other direction, but that's obviously wonderful news. bogish good morning, pal. What's up, buddy? Happy oh.
4: Thursday. Oh, hey, Bill. How are you? Happy uh, day after hump day.
2: Did you know that Pat is the songbird of his generation?
4: Um, I, I think I kind of— coined that phrase. I've been around Pat Boyle's musical skills and wow. um, de- absolutely support and stand by that assessment.
2: So I've been accused on Twitter lately of being mean to D-Cell. Actually, it's being mean to the guy in the flannel shirt who puts a Miami patch on it, which feels like that person's being mean. So I'm not trying to do that. I'm just asking you a, a, a legitimate question. On a scale 1 to 10, expanding as much as you'd like, how much do you miss, Tom?
4: Uh, I miss Tom Plenty. I thought Tom and I had a really good day together on Tuesday, yeah. And you know that came off of Monday with him actually saying, because I was off all last week, you know, that he actually missed me. So I thought we were trending in the right direction. I love that. And then yesterday he went right back to being anti-me for no reason, and is now not here. So I I don't I don't know anymore what to make of any of these things. Let me um let me get some advice from you guys. So I have gone to two
2: Rams games in the last three or four weeks with varied with a couple buddies. I got a friend who's in town who's actually an avid listener of the show. He's in town from Dubuque, Iowa, which is where I'm from. Way back in those high school days, he um he's in San Diego for work. He's driving up. He wants to he wants to hang out in L.A. tonight. He's been in L.A. one time. That one time, he went to the Rose Bowl. So it's not as if he went out in L.A. or went to the beach or went to the restaurants. He just came into town, went to the Rose Bowl, flew back to Iowa. And he really wants to go to the Rams game. Now, I would normally try to dissuade him and go have a good meal, go walk on the boardwalk, do something L.A.-ish. Guys, Bogey, I feel this sort of weird pull to go see Baker Mayfield. If he starts, if he plays... Sounds like he will. He certainly could embarrass himself, and I feel like maybe that's a bridge too far,
4: just as a person. I don't. I think you should go to the game with your buddy because you do. because your buddy wants to go to the game. That's right. the reason you shouldn't go because of Baker for any reason. Well, want But I want to go,
2: I see Baker. But let's. I mean, like, let's not. I'm, de- I'm trying to die. I don't want to see him because I think he's going to play great. But I'm interested in it.
4: Yeah, I just think you should. If you, if your buddy's in town and wants to do that, you should do it. Regardless of Baker's presence,
2: don't push him toward a more LA-ish experience.
4: Well, I mean, what's more LA right now than a Rams game? I mean, there's always celebrities there. They other team shows up and plays really well. What's that's that's LA for you? Horrible traffic. That right, takes three hours to get
2: out of when the game Overpriced is over. Overpriced things.
4: It's yes. perfect LA.
2: So also a Raiders game. Not to be this guy, but but the tickets are outrageously expensive because it's actually a home game for the Raiders. I don't know if you know that, but in LA. <laughs> It's gonna be all Raiders fans. It's out, I looked it up. My God, I will go, and the prices are just—they're outrageous. Yeah,
4: that's a good reason not to go. Okay,
2: Pat, what would you do? Pat's, by the way, a, a Cubs fan. Songbird of his generation, Cubs fan from Jersey, from Jersey.
3: Two mm-hmm. truths and a lie. So I got to come up with a lie then for the to make that the trifecta. No, I would. Uh, I would go. I I agree with Bogus. Your friend wants to go. He's coming up from good old Iowa country. Um never been to Iowa? Actually that's what it is.
2: It's remarkable.
3: Yeah. A lot of I love uh, Iowa. A lot of a lot of open space.
2: I I mean, just just New, New Jersey is, it, is is it a metropolis from
3: from from border to border? I mean, there's
2: some Des Moines a cool. T- I love Des Moines. Iowa City's a hell of a lot of fun, right? Go to a Hawkeyes game. They play the Cyclones tonight. Little little men's basketball showdown. If I have my dates right.
3: Ooh, okay.
2: Yeah, I mean, are there cornfields? Yes. Did I sell corn as a high school kid to to make money? I, I did. Did I pick corn? Very briefly. It was absolutely
3: miserable. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, I would uh, I would take them to the game, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a game. You only get uh, you only get eight or nine opportunities to do that. And even though they stink, you know, you do have the prospect of potentially seeing Baker Mayfield. There's a plus. You have the potential of seeing the Raiders win a fourth game in a row, and then having to pretend that they're actually playoff contenders. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So you got a lot of good storylines in this one.
2: All right, all right. You guys are kind of I. I it's very L.A. I just – the traffic is the thing. I just, When you leave that stadium, it's a waking nightmare.
4: Yeah. It's hours. Right. And the price tag of getting in is tough, and I don't know what the protocol is, whether you, you've got to pay for your friend, if you're splitting this down the middle. That's tough as well.
2: So I offered him a dinner. I was like, hey, man, let's go to the game if you want. Here are some other options. So I will pay for a nice dinner if he wants to do that. I'll, I'll treat it. I'm not paying for his Rams ticket. Right.
3: That's kind of where we are. What is a what is that Thursday night game between the 3 and 9 Rams or 3 and A whatever the hell they are and the 5 and 7 Raiders? What what are we talking about here if you go like upper bowl but so, still a decent seat. So I spent 220
2: or or 210 to get pretty nice seats to Rams Chiefs whenever the hell that whenever the hell that game was. A week and a half ago, two weeks ago. Yeah. Took my son went with a buddy and his son. I mean that's that's you know it's 450 bucks for two tickets. But like they were they were they weren't amazing. They were sort of mid-level, right? Mid-level 40th yard line. They were really good I thought pretty good seats. The very last seat in the stadium. The place is huge. Like the last seat when I looked it up was like 190. Oh, wow. So the seats that I got I think were 800 or wow. in that night, Yeah, I mean it's just it's it's incredible. Nobody there are no Rams fans here. So usually the ticket prices aren't even based on how good the game is, it's how much that team travels. People come to LA cuz it's, you know, it's nice weather and people like it here.
3: And Vegas but is the, only what, a 3-hour drive. Yeah, and because the, the
2: Raiders were here and LA didn't have a team for a while, there's tons of actual lifelong Raiders fans who are from who are just from LA. So he's going to sit in the we're going to be in the back. We're going to be in the nosebleeds. Yeah, the beer's still cold up there,
4: right?
3: I mean, so mm. that's the thing. Yeah, <laughs> and you can still see
4: Baker fall on his face from up there.
3: Yeah, right? now that you mention it, if I'm paying a buck ninety for nosebleeds and the traffic, ooh, you make a pretty good point as to not going.
2: <laughs> I hope he's not listening. He won't be listening. He's working. He listened to the show. He'll probably listen later and be like, "Oh my god, I made Bill go." Kenny, it's okay. I love you, pal. If we end up going to the game, <laughs> it's exactly what I wanted. That's all. It's all good. Uh, he's coming from San Diego where he's doing a little, uh, little little, work. Do you guys like this sort of Padres all in? What, what is it, 11 years, $280 million for another shortstop?
4: I mean, it's better than the opposite. I'd rather be them than the Pirates or whomever else is paying $10 for players. Um, but I guess what's confusing to me about it is, or surprising, whatever, I don't know what the right word is, but like we know Steve Cohen's name, right? We know Steinbrenner's name. Who's the Padres' owner? I don't know. Where is I just thought like, of this this morning. I, and I don't know. I, like, I don't, I just, how, how does this person, this company, own this team, sign Machado, trade for Soto, extend Fernando Tatis Jr., get you Darvish? I know A.J. Preller the GM. I don't know what who it hosts uh, owns the Padres. I got nothing. How is that possible? It's Peter, I don't know either. It's Peter Seidler, I believe. Yeah, wh- what Mr. does he do? Seidler. Yeah, Seidler. I couldn't
3: tell you. Um, but I think the the thing your answer you're looking for, Bogues, is I think most, if not all, Major League Baseball teams can spend not yes. maybe not maybe like the Padres, not like the Yankees and the Mets, but they can spend a lot more than they like to let on. That's right.
4: Yeah, and I responded to it. There was a tweet after the Mets paid for Verlander that it was basically like you know Verlander and Scherzer are going to make 86 million dollars next year for the Mets, and here are the seven teams whose entire payroll is less than that. And I wrote back saying that's more about the other guys than the Mets. The high to end your point.
2: Even... You're right at your point. I have to jump in on you. I saw this it blew Blue, you know the rule 5 draft just happened which yeah. is normally a way depending on how good your scouting department is and your ability to uh, see talent is to is to pull guys out of organizations that either don't recognize their talent, which is incompetence, or just don't but, have the means to to protect everybody and the Pirates. Have they lost for 100 games three or four or five years in a row, the Pirates had five guys, last I saw, who were taken from them in the Rule 5 draft. They can't even recognize their own talent and protect it.
4: Yeah, so. it, they they choose not to spend money. They're not poor. They choose, they, they choose to be poor.
2: And I'm old enough, Pat, you're probably too young, bogus, we're the same age. I remember the Barry Bonds, Bobby Bonilla... Andy Van Slyke was yeah. that the guy's name. Mike Levalier,
4: catch their pudgy little catcher. Yeah, Sid the, Dream. Have you been to a ball game in, in Pittsburgh? No, I have not. I Amazing. have. It's gorgeous there.
2: Um, yeah, right on the water, right on the rivers, uh, plural.
4: Allegheny it's, it's, River. Ale- look at you.
2: Look at you. you I know. know Ale- P- I know Pittsburgh. Is it the? I don't even know. there's the Allegheny? I
3: thought Cleveland was the Allegheny. I don't know. i have the geography. See, now not good at it. Now, 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 I feel like I could be wrong. No, I think you're – I would bet one's life, my own
2: included, on your geography skills over mine. Absolutely. I, by the way, this is also a shot at Fernando Tatis Jr. going and get Bogarts. I mean, it's – it's. he has a shortstop. They have a
4: shortstop. Right. And now he's a right fielder. So Tatis
2: is a right fielder, is it, and the kid who was playing shortstop goes to second? Is that what they're going to do? And
4: the second baseman goes to first, and Juan Soto goes from right to left.
2: It's a lot of firepower.
4: Yeah. Now, there is, it's, I guess, a mini kind of reset involved here because Machado can opt out after this season, and you expect that he would just to right. reset his deal. And they've got, like, 70 mil coming off their books with other free agents, including you, Darvish. And they don't have to extend Juan Soto. So, like, there, there is a point where they're not going to be as gluttonous or they could be less gluttonous than they are right now. But right now, they have three infielders making $300 million. Yeah.
2: Do you think this is just, let's talk all the firepower that we can, or do you think this is, we know we paid for Antatis Jr., we know we're stuck with the contract, but we don't trust him at all, and so we're just going to, whatever we get from him is a bonus. Because that, that clubhouse has been pretty vocal and pretty candid yeah. about not loving that guy, not being able to trust. And in baseball, which I covered for a couple years early in my newspaper writing career, because it's insular, because you're on the road with these guys for feels like 12 years in a row because it's so many games. There's sort of a culture of everybody protecting each other. There, there really is, right? You, you tend not to hear guys go after their own teammates because you're you're just stuck together.
4: Yeah, I, I think this is mostly about just collecting talent because the Dodgers have so much, and clearly San Diego hasn't come close to catching L.A., at least in the regular season just yet, and they couldn't get through, the, the to me, the inferior Phillies. So they just need to right. be better. But there's probably also a scenario where Tatis is their shortstop again soon-ish because Bogart's is thirty. So you know, he might age at a shortstop in the you know, four years from now, and then he's playing third base because Machado's left and then Tatis comes back. So and they have barely started paying Tatis. So they can be fed up with him, but they're not getting rid of him. So they've got to have a place for him, and apparently that's gonna be the outfield.
2: Turner's gonna be
4: 41 when this deal. Right, and they wanted to pay him more than they paid Bogarts. Apparently, they wanted to give him 340, and yeah. they offered Judge apparently 400 to
3: 410 million dollars as well. I mean, look, I I I, I, I love this because I feel like this would only encourage or force pressure on more teams that are in that kind of middle to actually step up and spend money and not cry poverty and act like they don't have hundreds of millions of dollars at their disposal that they do. So I'm glad that Peter Seidler and the Padres are spending. If it results in a World Series, obviously it's all the more worth it. If not, I mean, at least you, you know, there's something to be said about building a winning culture and a winning team year in and year out. It would be so good for the – I hope you're right, Pat, because the NBA, it's not a huge story, but there are some contract things going
2: on between the NBA and the players about the NBA has a, a floor now you have to spend, and they want to increase the details to, to basically make it more competitive for – for other teams, which is in effect to limit players' abilities to move, and the argument the NBA is making is if you raise all the lower teams' all sales, income goes up and you get half the income anyway. I'd love to see baseball. I know it won't happen. Just a spending floor, right? Just like if the players could just push that through, and you're the Pirates or one of these, you just there's a minimum you have to spend per year. Does not feel like the sky is falling if you're Major League Baseball's owners as a requirement.
4: Yeah, I mean the NFL has it, and the NFL right. does just fine. It, to have to have a ceiling without a floor is an incomplete setup.
2: Love that. Look, I'm not. I I missed Diesel. I miss Tom.
4: But I'm just saying, good, good flow, Bogus. You know. And Boyle's not yelling at us. I feel like yesterday Diesel was like yelling at us. He was yelling at you guys. Yeah, and we don't have to agree on things, but he's just like he was like scolding us like we were wrong with our thoughts on, on a couple of topics.
2: It was mostly you. That's yeah, true. He I mean, was really you're 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 not wrong. All right, I got to do some um, I got NFL bets bogey. You got before before we get to that. Any NFL? Do you have any locks for me?
4: <laughs> no,
2: I'm otherwise I'm turning myself over to the songbird of his generation. He's the guy to ask. He's the man. Yes. I'm like let me look it up. I am at a oh my god. I'm at like a 43% win rate this year in the NFL, which is not not good at math guys, but I'm pretty sure that's not profitable. Pretty sure that's below 500.
1: Bill Ryder and people can't stop listening. I'm all about
2: revenge. You wanna, you wanna count to Monte Cristo? This thing that is, that is fine. It's writer than you with Bill Ryder. You know, one thing I love about radio, there's many, is that whoever's pushing the buttons back in, in, in this case in New York, picks the music. Right? Some hosts decide the music. Not me. I want, I want the guys that are producing to, to do that. And it's really an insight into the soul of the people who are working. Pat, how old are you? Pat Boyle filling in for DC. 27. 27, young man. Songbird of your generation, as we've come to know. <laughs> and you're playing some Fleetwood Mac, which I love. What's the genesis of you, a young, hip, cool dude,
3: rocking some classic Fleetwood Mac? I, I'd like to think I'm an old soul in the sense of my music taste. Um, so I appreciate a lot of good music, especially a lot that came out years and decades before I was born. And I mean, you don't like Fleetwood Mac, you know, what the hell is wrong with you? And the fact he had, you know, Christine uh, McVee just passed away what last week. So a little tribute to her as well. And this is, this is good stuff, man. This is soul touching music. Killing. I do. I love Fleetwood Mac. Favorite band of all time is is Bob Seger, Silver Bullet Band.
2: Old school. Out of Detroit. Alright. Look, look at look at Pat Crushing.
3: Pat, what's your Twitter? I follow you, but I can't remember. Uh at Pat Boyle44.
2: At Pat Boyle44. I used to think it was a number from high school sports. It's forty-four songs he sang to woo his generation. Pat Boyle44.
3: Yeah, the four the first forty-three didn't get him, but once I, I hit the forty-fourth song, that's what drove <laughs> that, people crazy.
2: That's when you became the songbird of your generation? <laughs> awesome. Um all right, let's uh Let's use some NFL bets. Oh!
1: Bill makes the tough picks, so you can fade accordingly. It's time for Bet Writer with Bill. All
2: right, let's start here, uh, Patrick. There's a rule of thumb in, in NFL gambling. It didn't It didn't work, I think it was last week, but it tends to at a pretty high clip, and that is on a Thursday night game, on a short week game, no matter what you think you know, if there is a home team on Thursday night football on a short week, Thursday night is always a short week, that is an underdog. You bet the home dog. Uh, we almost did this for a bunch of money a few weeks ago when it was Houston. I didn't have the guts. Houston covered. So, that said, doesn't mean it always happens, the Rams... The Baker Mayfield maybe-led Rams are six and a half, seven point dogs at home tonight against a Raiders team that you noted has won a bunch of games in a row but are still susceptible to blowing 17-point leads. Do you have a play here? Do you have a sense? Because I don't mind a pass. It's okay.
3: No, I, I love the Rams in this spot. And, you know, you mentioned short week, um, usually you favor the home team. This isn't, this is like a the Raiders home game. I mean, we've talked about it. This is a short drive. You're going to have a ton of Raiders fans at the stadium tonight. The Rams never really have a home field advantage to begin with. Th- that being said, the Raiders should not, in my opinion, and I'm looking, this spread has gone up to seven now. The Raiders should not yeah. be favored by seven points over anybody, anybody. I don't care that they've won three games in a row. I still think they are a fraudulent team, and I was a big Raiders backer before the season began. Me too.
2: Me too. You and I I got fooled. Okie-dokied.
3: Yeah, for real. I mean, Josh McDaniels is a loser of a head coach. That's what it comes down to. The fact that they lost back-to-back weeks against Jacksonville and then against Jeff Saturday coaching his first game. Um, You know, say what you will about Jeff Saranet, the whole thing. That was a game you never should have lost, and they lost that at home. So the fact that they they walked off against Denver and Seattle, and then they're able to beat the Chargers, who, again, another disappointing team. I'm not letting that cloud my judgment and think now that the Raiders can go out and and easily win and cover this game. The Rams have have been terrible. We know that. Uh, They have, you know – A lot of troubles just moving the ball. That being said, the defense is still pretty good. Still very good. And even with Aaron Donald, who's going to sit tonight again, they still have Jalen Ramsey. They still have Bobby Wagner. They still have a very good run-stopping team. That's what the Raiders have been looking to do. That's why they've been so good with Josh Jacobs. So I think the Rams take that away. And then, look, if, if if you like John Walford, who has been the starting quarterback... And he plays, this spread and is t- probably going to stay around six and a half, seven. And, and, and
2: I do, yeah. I, I hope it's him and not Baker. For if it's
3: s- Baker, it's probably going to go to seven and a half or even eight. Yep. So, I mean, either way, I like the Rams in this one. I love the confidence. This is real money, though. I'm betting real money, Pat. You have no consequences. You're not here tomorrow. So I, am, just- I am going to be betting real money Rams uh, spread, and I will toss a little on the money line as well. I think they win the game out wow. right. Gutsy, I love it. Who's your Who's your team? Who do you root for on the NFL side? I was a Browns fan. I don't have too much sentiment towards them anymore because uh, of the whole Deshaun Watson thing. I respect that, yeah. And being here in New York, I have to cover the Giants and the Jets, which up until this year was a nightmare. It's actually been a little bit fun this year, but I don't have a you know I'm, I'm not a, I don't have an NFL team that I you haven't picked a team yet. No, I, I've I've I'm now an NFL fan free agent, if you will.
2: Okay, I mean. So you're a Notre Dame guy, so you got some Midwest leanings. Don't be a Bears fan. I'm a, don't 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 do it. Just stay away. Titans Jaguars, super interesting game. And just full disclosure, I'm a huge Vrabel guy. I think he's grossly underrated. I think he's grossly unappreciated. Titans are the home team in this game, and they are three and a half or four point favorites, depending on where you happen to make your bets. Do you have? a sense of this. They opened as three-and-a-half point favorites at home.
3: Yeah. uh, Yeah, it's either three-and-a-half or four that's. I would love it, obviously, to be three or below. But if I'm picking a side, I would pick Tennessee. I agree. I'm on you. Uh, I'm on the same side as you. I love Vrabel. I think he gets the absolute most out of this team on basically a week-to-week basis. I mean, look, they ran into the Eagles' A game last last week, and you're not going to stop them when nobody's going to stop Philadelphia on their A game. I think they've they've played competitively. They've over uh, exceeded ex- expectations this year, and if they can run the ball successfully with Derrick Henry. They're tough to stop, let alone against a Jaguars defense that isn't very good. And this Titans defense uh, has been very good in the red zone. So that, to me, that spells two Trevor Lawrence interceptions on Sunday. If I had to pick a side, I'd pick the Titans.
2: Man, Urban Meyer just destroyed Trevor Lawrence. Uh, give me a game you like. You're looking at the lines. Anything, because I'm looking too. Anything
3: jump out to you? I love, 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 love on Sunday, I am going to be taking the Buccaneers plus three and a half. I liked, maybe I like to be hurt again. Um, I don't think that I'm not letting that Brady's last three minute miracle comeback on Monday cloud my judgment. I just think the 49ers' wow. defense is the best in the NFL. Yes, but now it's for the first start for Brock Purdy. Um, I think there's a huge drop off between Jimmy Garoppolo and Brock Purdy. Right? Wow. I know that the, the the Niners' offense is built around limiting Garoppolo's mistakes, getting quick passes out to Debo, McCaffrey, and Mayuk, and letting them you know spread it, but. You know, even then, this Buccaneers defense, again, very, very good. And even as bad as the offense has been, I still think Tampa Bay's been coming around. Again, I'm not letting those last three minutes on Monday against the Saints cloud my judgment, but I think this is a field goal game.
2: You said that New York games aren't supposed to be good or important or interesting or meaningful. They are. Phillies coming to town to play the Giants, the 7-4-1 Giants. They open the Eagles as six-and-a-half point favorites. That's where the betting began Do you believe in the Giants to be competitive in this game? Because I just, I don't. It's mostly, it's seven where I put my money in. But you can get it for six and a half still.
3: I do believe in the Giants. They've actually been the best uh, team against the spread in the NFL this year. I believe they're nine and three. So they have covered 75% clip. Uh, They've continued to defy expectations. And I think the thing is, everybody's kind of been sour on the Giants for the last month. Which they were missing seven, eight, nine key guys. They've been getting a lot of those guys back. The tight end Daniel Bellinger. They've been getting healthy on the offensive line. The wide receiving core is never going to be talented enough to consistently win them games. But a touchdown underdog at home. Once again, I will uh, back the Giants to keep this within seven. Look at this. This whole thing's boiling over. Pat Boyle.
2: Uh, real quick, we got about forty seconds. But are you? Uh, have you noticed Detroit? Who I love, Dan Campbell. Two and a half point favorites. They're two and a half point favorites. Hosting the ten and two Vikings.
3: Yeah, that line does not make a lot of sense to me, and I just I don't like you can you can outthink yourself in this one, and you can say, well, the 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 bookmakers they've got it at this, so maybe I should. Maybe they're telling me to bet them. No, if you like the Vikings, they're ten and two. Bet the Vikings. Don't get scared away by the spread.
2: Oh, I see. I think Her cousins is a loser. I think he needs to wear adult diapers in games that begin in January and beyond. I think I'm going to fade him. I might fade you here, which means I'm gonna I'm gonna go four and one. Okay, just feel, I feel like Vegas is tricking me into the, in, into the Vikings. I'm not
0: going to fall for it. Papoil, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget.